2020 has been a difficult year for many industries, but one that has bucked the trend is the home improvement sector. It makes sense. Most people have had more time at home than ever before and more free time in general to make changes to their homes. There's a trend backed up by data. DIY giant Kingfisher, for example, which owns B&Q and Screwfix, among other brands, has just released third quarter figures showing big growth in sales. Today we'll be speaking to Will Jones from the British Home Enhancement Trade Association and the CEO of Travis Perkins, Nick Roberts, to really dig into the new trends people are DIYing to get involved with. Terrible joke, but great guests. We'll also be analysing the housing market itself, which tends to correlate with home improvement spending. Investors Chronicle's property expert Emma Powell is on hand to help us out with that. As always, I'm John Human. And I'm Megan Boxall, and this is Not Your Normal Finance Show. Well, John, I hesitate to ask this question for fear of um, of boasting, but but what's your DIY experience? So you're talking about fear of my boasting. Uh, yeah, my experience of DIY is lots. I've I've done lots on various homes I've owned over the years. Uh, in fact, I've done most of the interior of the house that I live in at the moment. Uh, built sort lots of things in the garden. I've done that. In fact, I built four sheds in my old house. Um, yeah, anything, anything. I'll, I'll turn my hand to it, with, with the exception of actually sort of building things that require sort of significant expertise. What about like plumbing and stuff? Would you give that a go? I've had a go at plumbing before. I mean, I wasn't very good at it, but I had a go at plumbing. I've done a lot of tiling. I'm quite good at tiling. Mm. Um, as I say, anything that comes in a kit, then, you know, happy to do that. Happy to drill holes into the walls. Um, in fact, How about laying carpets? That's a tricky one. Laying carpets? No, I never laid a carpet. I'd, uh, I'd much rather leave that to the experts. It doesn't actually cost very much, so I wouldn't bother. And uh, quite easy to mess up. Yeah. Um, Indeed, indeed. So yeah, no, no, no. I've done, I've done quite a lot. Uh, I've, I've visited all of these, all of the places we're going to talk about today. Uh, B and Q, Screwfix. Actually, preferred Tool Station for a while, um, which I think, I think they may have bought as well. Um, Travis Perkins, Wix, you name it. I've spent hours in them. Well, my only trip to B and Q was to buy last year's Christmas tree, and I think I'm probably going to go again to get this year's Christmas tree as well. But that's my, that's my experience of. Uh, of B&Q and various other stores. Yeah, that's why I avoid B&Q because, you know, it feels, it feels, like, it feels like a bit amateurish, you know, yeah. you know, the kind of like pillows and picture frames and Christmas decorations when I'm, I'm going in there for some, for, for some hardcore ironmongery. John, though, I'm sure you are very good. We did think it was probably best to hear from a professional as well. So we've asked North London-based builder Charlie Flowerday what changes he's seen in the business this year. I, I am offended lockdown came and um, our work sort of did dry up um, from the private sector and a, a lot of them put the, put the lofts and, and those extensions on hold and, and still are. I mean, we've got a lot of, uh, uh, of extensions and, and potential lofts um, to do, but again, it's been put off again, you know, so... Um, no, we haven't had, we haven't done any sort of private work. Um, I think they're, they're, you know, a lot of people are worried about their jobs or they're working from home, and they don't want, you know, builders crash bang about, you know, in the loft or wherever, you know, knocking walls down or, you know, I think it's, I think there's, I think there's a fear factor as well. I think people have, have are not, you know, they're probably worried initially. They were worried about their jobs. I think that has subsided, but. Um, 
yeah, no, it's it's you know, we haven't worked, as I say, for the private sector for the, for the whole of the year, actually. It's interesting that Charlie suggests that the home improvement industry this year is very much amateur driven rather than via professionals like him, which brings us on to exactly how the industry has bounced back from the spring lockdown. We sent Alex Ranio to chat to Will Jones, who's the chief operating officer of the British Home Enhancement Trade Association, which is a trade body which represents suppliers of DIY equipment, gardening kit, houseware and electrical appliances, all the things that we've been enhancing our homes with. Thank you for joining us. How has the day-to-day for suppliers changed this year? So in terms of the, the market and where suppliers are, if we actually go back and look at what happened in March when lockdown first kicked in, that obviously had an adverse effect on sales from March through going into April. And then very quickly what we uh, witnessed was this growing trend on people who were on lockdown in that sort of resurgence, that interest in sort of DIY home improvement products. And slowly we started to see a number of suppliers reporting certainly better than anticipated sales. And where we are now, um, sort of coming to the end of November, in many cases we're seeing suppliers talking about level with last year, if not ahead of last year, and all evidence that we are really seeing a resurgence within this sort of DIY market. So it's actually quite exciting, despite the awfulness of COVID, you know, that's had that uh, sort of impact on all of our lives. But at a business end, for DIY suppliers, it's looking very positive. Has this put particular pressure on the supply chain? I mean, how have you managed this surge? Well... (laughs) You've beat me to it. The biggest challenge we currently face and going forward are supply chain. And anecdotally, we see evidence, we see reports from freight forwarders, hauliers on the ground in the Far East that they've never experienced challenges like it. And it's a mixture of trying to meet unprecedented demand, challenges in supply of raw materials on the ground, and then a significant issue is the backlog of space availability in um, sort of uh, ports like Felixstowe, etc. So we're then into demurrage charges. So it really is a challenge. So the only cloud to this resurgence is how we're all going to get these products and feed, if you like, that increasing uh, demand from consumers. And have there been any products that have proven especially popular over the last 12 months? Yes. Um, I would say certainly within our area, um, if you look at the the obvious examples, within the decorating area, so you have anything to do with home decorating, which is tools, paintbrushes, paint. Um, If you look at the preparation of projects like that, they have seen a significant upturn. Um, In addition to that, what we're also seeing are consumers thinking about reorganizing their homes. So you have things like storage, lots of projects being undertaken from that point of view. And then you move into, and this is quite interesting, perhaps because of COVID, people are becoming obsessed about cleaning, hygiene. So if you look at the sales of products related to, you know, basically keeping the house cleaner, and I suppose it's common sense if you, uh, if you think about it. And then you move, and this is the exciting bit, is that... The research shows that actually younger people are coming in because if you look at the traffic 
going to how-to videos on Google search. It's phenomenal. And that's very encouraging because they want to have a go. Many have not attempted DIY projects before. And then the more experienced, uh, sort of the older demograph, have sort of been re-encouraged to get back to it. And they become more sort of open, advanced in having a go at bigger projects. So you then find outdoor coming into, uh, into focus more often with landscape projects, laying down of patios. And then it's interesting. Um, I noticed that Kingfisher released some of their figures earlier on today. And you look at their products, and that ties in perfectly with what I've just said. In addition, um, they talk about the sales of kitchens. So people have obviously taken the um, opportunity to improve, upgrade their own homes. And of course, once you start upgrading your home with kitchens, that then leads quite nicely into the homewares and houseware side of um, our membership, because that then leads to the replacement of products to fit the look of the new kitchen, um, from you know electrical, small domestic appliances, through to cookware, bakeware, etc. So again, another positive spin-off from the research um, in demand. And has there been a drop in demand for any products in particular? Not really. Um, no, I'm struggling to see, particularly on the DIY side, areas uh, or any sort of niche areas that have seen a sort of a slump, um, because pretty much everything that is involved in the sale of, of DIY products, even the specialist niche area, you know, whether it's ladders, locks, security, I think with people being at home, it's given them the opportunity to basically review all aspects of the home, indoor and outdoor. So if you have products that are relevant to any element of that, then I, I, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's happy days, so to speak. I mean, the restrictions this year have, this year have proven really, really disruptive for all retailers. Um, but how has this latest lockdown affected suppliers? Um, nowhere near to the same level as it did back in March, when, of course, then it was a complete unknown it was an unknown for the, whole, for the whole market, for the whole UK. So you had retailers immediately cancelling orders, pushing orders back. You had serious cash flow issues for suppliers. This time round, the whole process seems to have been far better managed. I think it's an interesting point. I think a lot of retailers have not taken the decision to cancel orders. They may have pushed some back, but certainly not cancel, because there is a, a belief and a hope that actually the restrictions or lockdown will be lifted going into December, which I have to say is an absolute key trading period for the majority of uh, beta members. Um, so I think it's been better managed. That's point one. And point two is there's been a tremendous surge of sales of products online. And I think the lockdown has proved to so many suppliers that you've really got to get your house in order in terms of your digital strategy how are you going to uh, fulfill orders online? So now you'll see that a lot of suppliers are far better placed in dealing with those orders from consumers because a lot of orders have now moved online. Their biggest challenge is supply chain. And are home improvement suppliers preparing for a potential slowdown in activity next year as the economy opens up? This is the other exciting point. No, they're not. Um, all the evidence suggests the, the resurgence and the, the demand. And I think it's worth pointing out, um, just looking at the latest set of figures uh, that came out from global data, 
Uh, we work in partnership with Global Data, who are market data suppliers. And uh, we have a quarterly report that we put out to the industry. And the projected growth to year-end, well, food and grocery, no surprise, 10.6% um, ahead of the previous year. But DIY and gardening is the second sector behind food and grocery that is actually projecting growth to the end of the year. And that's fairly phenomenal, particularly when you look at the whole retail market and look at people like clothing, minus 27%, or furniture, minus 11%, etc. So it's a tremendous performance. And actually, there is a genuine belief that the trend will continue because so many people, whether it's new or experienced DIYers, have, if you like, got back, picked up their hammers, picked up their chisels, and sort of got back into, I don't know, fulfilling basic DIY tasks, enjoying it, feeling empowered, and sort of wanting to go forward. So, yeah, he's very optimistic um, that uh, this trend is going to continue into the new year. This is uh, one of those lockdown trends that, that perhaps will stick. What, I mean, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, well, are you one of these young people who are going to get into to DIY now that uh, you've had the, the, you know, a small taste of painting some drawers? Well, personally, no. But also, I just think generally no as well. Surely that's too optimistic to say that people are going to continue with their DIY. I mean, people have found distractions this year because they've had to, because they've been stuck at home. I mean, maybe the same kind of distractions which sent people to go and buy puppies, which is a topic we've also discussed in, in this lockdown. And I, that industry is very worried that once real life returns, people are potentially going to forget about how much of a responsibility those dogs are. Potentially, people are going to forget how much fun DIY was when there was nothing else to do. Once the pubs and the gyms and the cinemas and the bowling alleys are back open again, people are going to go back to them, which maybe makes DIY seem less attractive. Yeah, maybe. And there are so only so many jobs you can do. Um, you know, I, th- I, think, I think it's also important to, to, to kind of think about the cycle and the housing market, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, um, you know, the trend to either... I mean, and I've heard this, I've heard, you know, the, the fortunes of the DIY supplies industry. It's one of those ones where they, they, any narratives can be made to, to kind of support the, the growth of the industry. You know, if the housing market's weak, people are staying at home rather than moving. If the housing market is strong, people are doing up their houses to sell. It's one of those things, but I, I don't think it really works like that. Um, and yeah, I, you know, you, you said DIY was fun. Now, you know, I've done a lot of it, but I tell you what, it wasn't always fun. Um, it's kind of satisfying at the end of it, but but yeah, I mean, there are times when I thought, why don't I, why don't I just get someone in? And you know, we have over the years, you know, to put a kitchen in or whatever it might be. There's just things you don't do, and um, you can, but but why bother? Big jobs. We're going to run out of time when everyone's back in the office. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now let's move on to Travis Perkins, which is the UK's largest distributor of building materials. Alex has spoken to the chief executive, Nick Roberts, about their 2020. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us. Uh, Talk to us about the year so far and how you've operated through lockdown restrictions. Well, thank you, Alex. Well, maybe I can just start by um, by uh, introducing Travis Perkins. Um, the Travis Perkins Group uh, is the largest supplier of building materials in the UK, and we operate a number of household businesses like Travis Perkins Builders Merchants, Tool Station, um, Wix, and City Plumbing, and a number of specialist builders, specialist builders merchants supplying 
specialist trades throughout the industry, um, and we employ about 28,000 people across the UK. The year started very strongly, actually, um, but we saw the pandemic move around the globe from our sourcing office in Shanghai at the back end of last year and the beginning of this year, um, and come towards us in the UK. So we, like many businesses, took preemptive action to safeguard our colleagues and move many to home working, and obviously you know, really enhanced our operating procedures within our branches and stores. And as a result, we were able to operate um, through the, the first lockdown in the spring um, and really saw a very sort of wartime purpose, I suppose, in ensuring that the UK's critical infrastructure um, remained operational at a time of huge national need, obviously, um, and ensured that our homes remained warm and dry and safe and secure. And that enabled us to operate as essential services during the lockdown period. And we, we pivoted our, all our businesses to operate in a COVID-safe, service-light, kind of contactless way. And we were able to, whilst we closed the doors and gates to our branches, pivot to click and collect and call and collect models to make sure that customers were able to access the materials that they needed. And, and obviously, during that time, because it well-trailed and has been all year in the media, we've seen significant um, activity in the kind of home improvement and do domestic repair, maintain and improvement market, which touches many parts of our business. And as a result, as a result, whilst obviously, you know, um, like many businesses, um, you know, trade was suppressed during the initial lockdown as, as many of our customers couldn't access their customers' homes. And really, we serve very much a DIY population. Obviously, you know, that, has, uh, that activity has resumed through the summer and continues to um, show great resilience as we move through the autumn and into the winter. So it really has been a very, very strange year. I mean, listeners who are unfamiliar with the home improvements market may not be aware um, just how often there's a link drawn between home improvements and the housing market. Uh, perhaps you could talk to us about that connection uh, and what bearing the housing market might have on home improvements next year. Well, yeah, I think, you know, um, we've, we've seen a, at least over the last few months a real boom in, in housing transactions. And what we tend to see is that there might be um, a, a, a six or nine month lag as people reconsider the, the, the space they've moved into and what they do with it. But as um, as those transactions play out, we see domestic repair, maintenance and, and improvement investment increase. So typically people will think about reconfiguring spaces like bathrooms and kitchens and converting spare space. And as I say, increasingly, we see that into, into workspace. So we tend to see an increase in demand for our materials and services um, alongside an increase in housing transactions. And particularly, we see reported, you know, people moving away from cities, those families moving out of cities now that they know that they are spending more time at home and they probably will be on a, on a sustained basis. And, uh, and we, we will see that play through undoubtedly in demand for our materials in due course. And that brings us nicely onto the housing market, which you brought up earlier, John. So that is the big question, whether home improvement drives the housing market or vice versa. Yeah. And as I say, I mean, I've heard every narrative uh, to support one argument or the other here. I mean, what, what I do find interesting is that, you know, there seems to be a tendency in the housing market to opt for newer homes. Uh, so new builds have been been very strong, obviously supported by help to buy. Um, 
And one of the things I would say about new builds is they're done. So the kind of like the sort of doer-upper that I know people used to go for in the past, that I've gone for myself, which is why I've always found myself covered in paint or whatever it might be, um, but a lot of people don't really go for that. And that's, that's something that I wonder is going to affect this market as well. Yeah, and especially as we're talking about is the young people who maybe may have caught the DIY bug during lockdown. They're the ones who are also buying new builds. They're the ones who are drawn to these, uh, which are often purpose-built for for younger people, young families and, and things like that. They're, it's the new builds which are attractive to them. And, and yeah, as you say, they're, they're done. They're new builds. They're nicely painted. They're nicely finished. Sometimes not nicely finished, but they they are done rather than being a project of a house that you want to do up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so the home improvement thing, there, there, are, there are custom, there are companies uh, that are sort of aimed not so much at the DIY enthusiast, but but somewhere in the middle, um, who are going more for the trade. So this might be a small builder who's coming in to, to kind of fit your kitchen. And you've got companies like Howden's uh, and, and increasingly Tops Tiles, um, which is targeting the trade customer. They're, they're quite interesting um, in that they have a slightly different route to market. Um, but but yeah, I, I I do I do I do wonder. There there is a bit of a disconnect in this story with with the way that the housing market is progressing. And in fact, the sort of stats suggest, the figures suggest that, that, that it is house building uh, rather than DIY that, that has driven the, the kind of recovery that we've seen in, in construction. Um, the PMI index, the, the, the kind of rate of growth of the industry, um, is uh, at a five-year high of uh, 58.1 uh, after the big lockdown slump. And Alex Janot, um, who ends his tour of the industry, uh, chatting to Emma Powell, our property editor, to go into greater depth about the housing market. So, Emma, talk to us about the housing market this year. How have things moved on since the early days of spring lockdown? Um, well, really, uh, what we've seen in terms of transaction levels and house prices has defied uh, what most uh, industry commentators were forecasting uh, during those those months when effectively the, the housing market was was put into deep freeze, really. Um, so I suppose the, the obvious thing to start with would be the stamp duty break uh, that was announced in July by the Chancellor. That's really kick-started the market. Um, I mean, transaction levels have surged. Um, and in October, we saw uh, house prices, according to the, the nationwide house price index, uh, rose 5.8% compared with the same month uh, last year, which is the highest growth rate, annual growth rate in over five years. Um, stamp duties played a big part in that for obvious reasons. People can save money um, via, via that tax break. But also you've had uh, pent-up demand as well that's kind of uh, fed into that. So we've seen this huge uh, surge and, and now actually those forecasts which were for, which were, were, were anticipating uh, a decline in house prices this year um, are now anticipating uh, house price growth. For instance, Savills updated their forecast um, at the end of September. They're forecasting uh, 4% growth this year uh, reverting then back to kind of flat flat house prices next year. And this all naturally has an impact on home improvement spending and, and the leaders we've spoken to are obviously putting on a confident and brave face for 2021. Um, what's the latest data telling us to look out for? I mean, should we expect current trends to continue? 
I think the consensus is, uh, and, and this is including amongst house builders as well, that this kind of surge in activity inevitably isn't going to continue. Um, I mean, part of that is because the stamp duty break is forecast to come. What is it? kind of slated to come to an end um, at the end of March. Uh, you've also got the help to buy scheme restrictions there coming in from the end of March. So that'll be restricted to first time buyers only. And we'll also have regional price caps uh, for you to be able to qualify. So that that's going to create a natural kind of cliff edge, uh, which means kind of if we are still in growth in terms of transaction and house prices, that's expected to, to slow after then. But I suppose the other big thing on the horizon is, um, you know, the government's furlough scheme will also come to an end in March. Um, and, you know, we've already seen the employment unemployment rate rising. Uh, so it's the extent to which that really rises even further uh, once that scheme comes to an end um, and I suppose uh, you know what impact that has on the the level of four sellers which would then feed through to a kind of drop in in house prices so I think uh, the consensus seems to be that we will certainly see a slowdown in house market activity next year. Yeah, and the data uh, on the actual sort of DIY and home improvement sector certainly seems to suggest a correlation as well. Um, I like to look at the Builders Merchant Building Index, and you can see an evolution from spring into sort of the end of August, particularly increase in growth in things like timber and joinery products, uh, de- uh, decorating uh, kitchens. I think companies like Howders Joinery, Kingfisher, uh, landscaping also are hugely popular. Uh, in the lockdown months um, and heavy building materials as well, which also seems to tally up with what you're saying, Emma. Yeah, that that does seem to be the correlation, um, certainly historically. Uh, you know, w- when there's kind of lower moving activity, then RMI spend um, tends to increase. I suppose it's also worth pointing out that during those lockdown months, a lot of these... Um, uh, you know, retailers like B&Q and things stayed open. So, so I imagine people, you know, kind of had the opportunity to increase spending there. Yeah, absolutely worth pointing out. And uh, as sort of Kingfisher's most recent update showed, you know, they are still open and business is still thriving both in the UK and France. Uh, yeah, I guess the question is really, you know, what, for, for some items, you know, garden tables and chairs, what is the repeat, you know, how, how many of these items do I necessarily need to buy? What's the repeat nature of these orders? Um, but great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Emma. Well, thanks, Emma and Alex, for sorting those interviews. And to our current podcast, I mean, producer, I'd say, we've we're really stepped up a gear with, with John Rogers, who's been sorting out a podcast for us in the last few weeks. And we'll continue to do so in the podcast, the exciting podcast we've got coming up in the next few weeks, when you can hear us talking about gaming which is another big lockdown industry which has thrived this year uh yes it has but one that has largely passed me by um but i'm sure we can find something to say i'll have a practice on my brother's ps4 this week imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.